The Weekly Charge, a podcast for kids and families where we take a little time to charge as we plug in, power up, and press on with Christ. Simon, also called Peter, Chapter 2, Disciple After Simon, his brother, and his friends began following Jesus, they spent time in the area and watched Jesus preach and speak and heal people who were brought to him. Simon's wife would listen to Simon talk about the things Jesus said and did. She knew about what John the Baptist had said about Jesus being the Messiah, the Savior, but her mother was still sick, and that was where she spent most of her time. Simon and his friends and brother were not Jesus' only followers, of course. Many people wanted to hear what this man was saying as word spread about him. One day, on the Sabbath, Jesus was the one who read and taught in the synagogue. Simon and James and John listened, along with the other people, who were amazed at his teaching. But he was interrupted as he talked, when a voice called out, I know who you are. What do you want with us, Jesus? Have you come to destroy us? The crowd turned, as this man a man possessed by a demon, pointed and yelled, I know who you are. You are God's holy one. The man had a wild look in his eyes, and his body moved in a weird, unnatural way. Simon looked at his friends. What should they do? This man was not in control of his actions. An evil spirit controlled the man's body and words. Simon knew that sometimes people filled with these evil spirits had extraordinary strength. This could be a quite dangerous situation. But before Simon could do anything, Jesus spoke. Quiet. His voice had authority, and yet there was something else. Compassion and kindness. Do not speak. Evil spirit, come out of that man. The man started shaking and fell to the ground. Simon heard a horrible shriek, like nothing that could come from the lungs and mouth of a man or any kind of beast. It was a terrible noise, a horrifying noise. Everyone reacted by ducking away or covering their ears or eyes. Everyone except Jesus, who kept looking at the man. The man stopped shaking. He stood up. Everything was different about him. He no longer had that fierce, wild look on his face. He was calm and relieved. Not just power in his words, Andrew said. Power over sickness and even demons. Yes, Simon said, an idea coming to him. After they left the synagogue, Simon spoke to Jesus. Would you please come to my home? He said. My mother-in-law is sick. She's had a high fever and nothing has been able to help her. Jesus smiled at Simon. Of course, he said. So Jesus went to Simon's house. Simon's wife greeted them at the door. What is going on? She asked. I wasn't expecting you here so soon. And you brought Jesus? Simon spoke to his wife with a voice filled with joy. Of course I did, he said, confusing her even more. They went inside and Jesus went into the room where Simon's mother-in-law lay on her bed, moaning and in pain, burning with her fever. Jesus bent down next to her and said, I tell this fever to leave. Get out of this woman now. She stopped moaning. She looked up at Jesus, her skin returning to a healthy color. Slowly at first, then quicker as her strength returned, she sat up. 
she looked around the room. There was Jesus, and Simon, and her daughter. What? Why is everyone in here? What's going on? Simon's wife looked at him. Simon, who is he? She whispered. Who is this man? With a grin, he put his arm around his wife and whispered back, He is more than just a man. Oh, Simon's mother-in-law said. Oh no, I don't have anything prepared for our guest. She looked up at Jesus and jumped up to her feet. Can I get you anything? Please, I will get you some water and then we can figure out what we need to do next. With that, Simon's mother-in-law was out of the room. Simon's wife now looked at Jesus. Thank you, Rabbi, for what you did for my mother. Thank you so much. I thought she was going to. She wiped some tears from her eyes. Thank you. Simon and his wife talked while his mother-in-law prepared food for Jesus and the other guests. Simon, he commanded the fever to go away, and it did. Simon nodded. I know sometimes I do things without thinking, Simon said. I'm not the smartest fish in the lake, and if I was a fish, I'd probably be the one that would see bait on a hook and push past all the other ones to get it. But I've been thinking about Jesus. He's my rabbi, my teacher. I think being his disciple is the best decision I've made. Simon's wife nodded her head. I agree. As time passed, more and more people wanted to hear what Jesus had to say and wanted him to heal their sick loved ones. But there were 12 people who became Jesus' closest disciples. Simon, Andrew, James, and John were some of the first to follow him. But there was also Philip and Nathaniel of Cana, also called Bartholomew, Thomas, also called Didymus, which means the twin, Matthew, also known as Levi, the tax collector, another man named James, sometimes called James the Lesser, Simon the Zealot, Judas, who would come to be known as Thaddeus, and Judas Iscariot. These men served Jesus and helped him as he traveled. They listened to him and learned from him as he spoke. They spent special time with him as he walked and ate with them. During this time, Simon's name was not used as much. Slowly, the other disciples started calling him Peter as Jesus did. It became his new identity. He was no longer Simon the fisherman. He was Peter, the disciple. Word continued to spread about Jesus. They watched him bring a dead girl to life. They saw him send demons out of people. They were in the boat when Jesus calmed the storm. They saw him feed a few thousand people with just a few loaves of bread. After that day, when Jesus fed all those people, he told the disciples, I am going to find a place to pray alone. You can leave me here. Take the boat to the other side of the lake. I will meet with you later. They did not know how Jesus would meet with them or when, but they did as he said. They went out in their boat, crossing over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Or trying to, anyway. As they got away from shore, the winds changed. Most of the men on the boat knew something about sailing. Simon Peter and his fellow fishermen were experts. As the wind changed, they knew what was happening. This isn't good, Peter said. The wind shifted directly against them. The waves crashed against their boat. We're barely moving, Peter shouted to the other men. To oars, men! Put your backs into it! Row! They struggled, and they rowed, and they barely moved. Peter began to get angry and frustrated. It'd almost be better to turn around and go back, one of the disciples shouted. No, come on, men, row, we can do this. Peter was so focused on moving forward that he didn't have a chance to look back. But from the back of the boat, James and John started shouting to Peter. 
There's something there, Peter, on the water. Keep rowing, Peter ordered as he walked back to join them. Sure enough, they could see something on the water coming their way, moving faster than they were. Is that another boat? Peter wondered. Look carefully, John said. It looks like a person. On the water like that? If it's a person, it must be a ghost. But the figure came closer. The disciples were scared. In all their time on the water, they had never seen anything like this. It came closer. Closer. In the darkness of the night, it was even more difficult to see what it was. Or who. Whoever had said it was a ghost got the other men wondering. They all watched as it came closer. The disciples who were rowing stopped to look. And still, whatever it was, it came closer. Finally, it spoke. Fear not, a voice yelled to them. A familiar voice. It is I. The fear started to fade away, although they were still a little confused. But the voice calmed them. Do not be afraid. Peter knew that voice. There was no mistaking it. That was no ghost. He leaned over the back of the boat and cupped his hands over his mouth. Lord, is that you? Peter laughed. He couldn't believe it. Jesus was walking on the water faster than they were able to go in their boat. If it's you, call me out into the water. The person standing in the water stepped closer and put out his hand. He said a single word. Come. Peter looked at his friends on the boat. Without a word, he climbed onto the boat's railing. The other disciples watched as he lowered himself down off the back of the boat and on the water. Not into the water. On it. His feet touched the water's waves, and he stood on them. He didn't sink. He stood. And then, slowly at first, but gaining confidence as he moved, he took a step. And another. And another. Behind him, he could hear the other disciples murmuring in amazement, but he paid them no attention. He walked forward toward Jesus. Another step and another. Jesus walked toward Peter as well. Then Peter looked down at his feet. It was strange walking on this surface, the waves rising and lowering with the wind. He took another step and another, and he looked at the waves, and he felt the wind. The waves were fast. The wind was strong, and Peter was doing something that was impossible and dangerous. His feet suddenly felt wet. The water no longer held him up. He looked down at his feet and legs, sinking into the water. The water rose up toward him quickly as he disappeared into the waves. He was a strong swimmer, but in these waves and this wind and in the dark, weighed down by his clothes, he wasn't sure he could survive. Lord, he shouted as he began to sink. Help me. He reached out his hands toward Jesus. Before Peter was completely submerged, he felt a strong hand grab his own. And with a strong tug, Peter was lifted back out of the water. Jesus held him up. Peter's clothes were soaked, and his body was pushed by the water's waves. But Jesus stood firm on the surface of the sea. Simon, you of little faith, why did you doubt me? Peter didn't know. Jesus helped him to the boat, and the others brought the two men in. The wind died down and they continued on their way. Later, Jesus and his disciples were walking together. It was just the 13 of them, and while they were walking, Jesus said, Tell me, what do people say about me? Who do they say that I am? 
One of the disciples said, some people are saying that you're John the Baptist. And it was true. Some of the people who came to listen to Jesus thought he was a great teacher, like John the Baptist. Another said, some people think you're Elijah returning to bring God's messages. And it was true. The people who listened to Jesus wondered if he was actually the great prophet who had brought God's message to the people hundreds of years ago and then went straight to heaven in a chariot of fire. Another disciple said, Some people think you're Jeremiah back from the dead. And it was true. Some of the people did think that Jesus was this special prophet who gave difficult messages to the people about how they were sinning and needed to come back to God hundreds of years ago. Peter listened. None of these answers were right. He knew that. All the disciples knew that. But who was Jesus? What was he? He could control weather and disease. He had power over death. He had wisdom that could only come from God. Who was he? What was he? Jesus faced his disciples and smiled. Gesturing to them with his hand, he asked them, What about you? Who do you say that I am? And then Peter knew. And he didn't wait to answer. He just spoke. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. And you are blessed, Simon, Jesus said. This answer did not come from your flesh or this world. It didn't come from your own understanding. This answer was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. As Jesus spoke, it was as if the other disciples weren't even there. It was just Jesus and Peter. I told you that you would be called Peter, the rock. And on this rock, my church will be built. Then Jesus spoke to the other disciples. But for now, he said, do not tell anyone that I am the Messiah. That's all for our story this week. The events in this week's story can be found in John chapter 6, Matthew chapter 14 and 16, Mark chapter 1 and 8, and Luke chapter 4 and 9. Next week, we'll see what happens when Jesus starts telling the disciples more about his mission, including some details they just can't believe. But what happens when the things Jesus said would happen start coming true? For now, as you think about this story of Peter, what is the part you remember the most? When you think about that part of the story, what does it tell you about God? Talk about that with your family. The part I think about the most is when Peter stepped out of the boat to do something impossible, but he saw Jesus doing it, so he knew that Jesus could make him do it. In our third-hour kindergarten through third-grade class charge this last Sunday, we talked about Pete's feet, and I used rain boots to remember that Peter stepped out with Jesus to follow him into this dangerous situation, walking on the windy, wavy sea. And when he began to sink, Jesus was right there helping him. That's true for you and for me, too. When we follow Jesus, sometimes it means we have to step out and do something difficult or scary or uncomfortable but Jesus is right there with us. We hope you have a wonderful week. For now, thanks so much for listening. I'm Pastor Ben, and until next time, we want to remind you to charge, plug in and connect with Christ, power up and become like Christ, and press on by being Christ-like in the world.
Radically Charged is a production of the Napanee Missionary Church Kidman Department. You can find out more at nmc.church. You can find this podcast at nmckidman.com. I'm Pam, and as always, thanks for listening.